from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Monday, January 17th. I'm Marco Werman. Tunisia has an interim government to fill the vacuum left by the ouster of the president. Other Arab rulers might be looking over their shoulders. The longer they stay in power, the harder the fall is going to be. It's a situation where the country's up for grabs. And an ex-Swiss banker turns on his former colleagues via WikiLeaks. His lawyer says his client is raising an uncomfortable question. Why do we allow some countries to make a living by hiding money that has been stolen? First up, this news. BBC News with Marion Marshall. The Prime Minister of Tunisia, Mohamed Ganoushi, has named the ministers in the interim government, intended to fill the vacuum left by the overthrow of President Ben Ali. Six ministers stay on in their posts, despite street protests in the capital, against the retention of members of the former regime. From Tunis, Wira Davis. The new interim government was announced just before nightfall. As many pro-democracy campaigners had feared, there are several figures from the previous regime of ousted President Ben Ali still in key positions. But there's also room for opposition politicians in the transitional government. Then came arguably even more significant news when Prime Minister Mohamed Ghanoucci announced that all political prisoners were being released. Restrictions on press freedoms and human rights groups are also being lifted. The Egyptian Foreign Minister, Ahmed Abul Gaith, has described as pure nonsense any idea that the uprising in Tunisia could spread to Egypt or other Arab countries. His statement is one of the first public reactions from an Arab politician to events in Tunisia. A prosecutor investigating the assassination of the former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri has submitted a draft indictment against suspects in the killing. It follows an investigation by the United Nations Tribunal on Lebanon set up to try to identify who was responsible for Mr Hariri's death in 2005. The indictments will go before a pre-trial judge who will decide how to proceed. From Beirut, here's Jeremy Bowen. This is the first indictment the tribunal has issued. Leaks suggest that the person or people whose names are on the indictment, they haven't been revealed, are members of Hezbollah, the Shia Muslim group that is the most powerful military force in Lebanon, as well as a political and social movement. Hezbollah left the national unity government last week, causing its collapse. It wants Saad Hariri, now reduced to interim prime minister, and also Rafiq Hariri's son and political heir, to cut Lebanon's links with the tribunal. So far, he's refused to do that, causing another surge of talk about disorder and even civil war. International human rights groups have called for the prosecution of the former Haitian leader, Jean-Claude Duvalier, who returned to his homeland on Sunday after 25 years in exile. Mr Duvalier, also known as Baby Doc, said he'd come back to help the people of Haiti following last year's devastating earthquake. James Reed reports. Baby Doc Duvalier's surprise return to Haiti has prompted an immediate and strong reaction. Human Rights Watch said he should face justice for the alleged killing and torture of thousands of people during his 15-year rule. Amnesty International said the Haitian authorities had an obligation to prosecute him for crimes against humanity. There's been no public response from Haiti's government, which is grappling with a crisis over disputed presidential elections. Under Haiti's constitution, no citizen can be banned from the country. World News from the BBC.